0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon. You are very welcome to Liveline. Good afternoon, Seamus. Yeah, how are you, Seamus? Because you have been through a very traumatic experience. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm, 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 not, I'm not brave at all. I suffered a lot of trauma and I just can't get it out of my head. So Seamus, uh, tell us what happened. Uh, I was out walking my dog, Dustin. We were up in the Golden Island, in Burgess Park in Athlone, uh, down by the river. And uh, we were, were walking up and I, I saw two Two dogs, two, I, I didn't like the look of them, dogs coming towards me, but I thought there was a man with them, so I said I'd be okay. I, I noticed they were off the lead, but the, the two dogs came up, up towards me, and when they got close to me, one of them just dropped to the ground, and the other circled around to my left. The river was on my right, but the other one circled around to the left, and I said at this stage I called to the man to control your dog. And he didn't know what I was saying, so I, I, I felt I felt an immediate danger, and I I pulled my dog underneath to, to get out of there. And at that moment, the dog in front of me just sprang at Dustin, and at the same time, the dog who was off to my left came in and charged in at him. So a fight started, and I, I was kicking at him trying to get him out, and I managed to pull Dustin. I was taking him further down the path. And I had him on the lead in one hand and I was reaching down to try and pick him up with my arm, with my other arm. And the two dogs came again and they just caught him by the haunches from behind and they're big, heavy dogs and, and just pulled them, they dragged them out of my arms. And at the same time, the lead came off over his head, probably just as well with the forces, I don't know, but the, it just came off. And I lost him. He just went down on the ground. And, he was, and they were on him. They flipped him over and they were on him in a second. And I was terrified. I couldn't put my hands down to try and pull him. I was terrified they'd come for me. Oh, Seamus. I just started it? screaming and roaring. And, uh, I, just, I just was screaming everywhere looking for help. And there was, there was families there. There was, there was a couple with, with three small children, I remember. I was shouting at them to help. And actually, they did the right thing. They took their children and got out of there, you know. Uh, and a, a few other people arrived at that stage, but there was nothing. All I can do, all I can hear, Katie, is just like a whimper at the end. One day, they got on him at his throat, and he just whimpered, and then he was gone. I don't know. Uh, I, he was the best, he was the best friend. <laughs> What, what kind? What kind of a dog? So, first of all, sorry, Seamus. I, 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 can you hear you so upset there? Now? It's a bit. It, there's a bit of noise in the background because I know you're at the airport. Uh, uh, yeah. But listen, what, what what kind of a dog was Dustin? Was uh, a collie? Was it? He he was a collie cross. A collie cross. He was actually. We we got him out of the the pound, the rescue pound, and he was just uh, probably a couple of months old. He was still a little pup, uh, and I'm not sure what else was in him. He was definitely a collie. And he was the most beautiful dog you'd ever seen. He was really unusual colours, uh, brownish, and he had a big bushy tail. And he had face, everything was the same, it was like a little fox. He had that sort of a face. And all he ever wanted, he'd come running up, all he ever wanted was people to rub him and tell him how lovely he was. 
you know, he's come running up and he'd stick up his skin and he just wanted to, he just wanted to be rubbed and passed. Nothing in his life ever prepared him for, for what happened on that Saturday um, in Burgess Park. He, he and, had and, no idea. And what, the dogs that attacked him, do you, do you know what kind of, what breed they were? They're, an, an, they're a, a new American bulldog, is what they're called. They're, they're a new breed, Katie, that have been brought in, uh, I don't know, I presume from America. They've only been brought in in the last few years and are becoming very common. And are they are they actually on the the restrictive breeds list? Are are they dogs? That... No, no, because I've checked the restricted breeds list and the, uh, and they're not listed there. Apparently, the breed isn't registered with the Irish Kennel Club, uh, while the breed itself comes from uh, Pitbull and I think uh, uh, an American Bulldog is what I believe it comes from, uh, and both of which are on the restricted. Uh, list. These ones aren't because they're a new breed. That is something I would like to happen. It's really, they should, as a matter of urgency, they should be registered with the Kennel Club and placed on that on that list. Uh, this actually ended up in court. The, 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 this it, it incident. Did, it, it, it did. Um, when we got to have the dog put down, uh, it, it, there was. Uh, they weren't being voluntarily agreed to be to uh, to being put down, so it ended up the Gardaí made an application to the court uh, on the following Wednesday. Then the case was heard and it was contested in court. Uh, the application to have the two dogs destroyed. So myself and another lady who dog was attacked a few moments after mine, uh, we both had to go to court and recount the details and give evidence regarding what happened. It's just s- such a, a traumatic and upsetting... If you could, if you could understand it, I just can't. I, I, I'm here in the airport at the moment because I'm, I'm back to work. I wasn't able to go to work all last week and I, I had to work abroad. And the whole drive up here to Dublin, when you're sitting in the car, all I can just is keep replaying the incident over and over and over again in my head. I just can't get it out. All I can see is those dogs coming up and dragging them off. Me. That's all. It's over and here's the little whimper. And it's just over. It's constant. It's, I, 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 before I talk to you, actually, I, I rang. I'm trying to get some professional help on this because I'm just not able to get this out uh, of my head. I, know I should be moving on to the pit the piece where I miss them and of course I do miss them but I haven't really moved on to there at all I'm still back to that Saturday afternoon in Burgess Park uh, and, 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 and watching them then drive from me and uh, oh it was just awful I'm so so sorry Seamus uh, as you lost your lovely your lovely collie and uh, oh, he was so beautiful he was just beautiful there was builders in the house two weeks ago and we had put him out the back you know, yeah, as you do. And the builder rang us and asked us, do you mind if I let the dog in? Because he's great company. And all he does is follow me around the place and I rub him every now and again. That's how everybody just loved him. You know? And the builders took pictures of him, actually. <laughs> they wanted to bring him to bring pictures home to show their family. You know, that's the sort of little family he was. 
Seamus, I am so sorry. I, 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 I let you go. The line hasn't been great, but I hopefully people ah. will hear and, and they'll hear uh, your, okay. your your love and your, your affection for, for that. And also that there will be there some change made in relation to those breeds and, and the re- registering there, them with there, the kennel there's, there's, there's a lot of people, Katie, that I also uh, um, I'm calling for the provision of a dog warden in Atlone and there should be more dog wardens nationally. I think it's, it's very important. Uh, if there had been a dog warden available, they could have assisted on the day uh, and, and maybe the, the whole process might have been speeded up and made it a lot easier. I don't know I don't think they could have saved my dog, uh, but they could have helped in um, in taking those dogs into a pound or, or something immediately afterwards. Okay. Uh, it's just that there's no dog wardens available, and there's there's uh, I think it's a nationwide problem, uh, but certainly in that loan there's the county must need. There's only one for the whole county, uh, so so it is something that we require. Uh, and, and, and furthermore, I think a lot of these restricted breeds should be banned from public parks. Uh, how people are allowed... They, they, these two dogs were on their own. There's no muzzle or lead. But notwithstanding, they shouldn't be allowed in a public park where people are invited to come with their families, with their children, uh, and with other dogs. That the restrict, Restricted breeds are restricted for a reason, and for that reason, they, sh- they shouldn't be permitted in public parks. OK. Okay, okay, we leave that one there. Seamus, take care of yourself. I'll do my best. Thank you, Kate. Apologies for the line there, but I, I think we we all heard, you could really hear uh, the trauma that, that Seamus went through there and losing his lovely, lovely, as he said, his own best friend. And I've, I think I've got somebody who, who was there as well. Billy, Billy, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, Billy, you're the chair of um, Animal Haven Ireland in Athlone. Yeah, that's the uh, local animal charity. Um, I got a 99 call um, from the Garda, you know, to attend the scene. But I live about 30 miles away, so by the time I got in, the dog warden and the Garda were on the scene and, and um, you know, they had the situation under control. Um, I, I seen the, the collie there torn apart, you know, he was dead at that stage, you know. So I couldn't really assist, you know. And um, what, what were you told when you got the call? What did you What did you expect? I was I was told that there was um, two uh, bull breed type of dogs uh, had attacked a dog and had killed it, and uh, the dogs were still on the loose. And could I come? You know. And um, so I went and got my dog catcher pole and uh, some bite proof gloves and that, you know, and threw it in the van. But I said when I got there, it was just too late, you know. And where were the dogs that had attacked Dustin at that stage? They were still running around the park. They had ran in and out of the shopping centre. Uh, the security staff put them out. They actually ran into a hairdresser's and there was a pile of kids and uh, women in there getting their hair on on a Saturday afternoon. And the two dogs ran in there and scared the life out of everyone, you know. Thankfully, um, some brave woman chased the dog out of the hairdresser's, you know. My God. And, and this is after they had attacked Dustin? Well, before and after, yeah. Wow. Um... They... They, they, the dogs have been roaming the town now for uh, in and out there the parks for the last uh, a month, and um, like we, we told the Garda, but um, you know it's, it's hard for the Garda to to actually feed the dogs and, and get them because it's 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 the, it's the work of a dog warden, you know. Yeah, and I imagine it'd be quite dangerous if a guard wasn't you know properly prepared. Well, like, um, well I was afraid going ta- going to tackle them myself, even even with. The dog catcher poles and gloves, you know. It's their, um, them dogs have huge um, mouths, you know, and uh, 
if it, one of them dogs grabs you on the arm, it'll break your arm. And that's the truth. That's why they're restricted and they're, they, they have to have muzzles on them. And, um, but apparently, actually, we, got, we, we spoke to the department about this, actually, I'm told. I've just got a note here now. And I'm told that the Department of Rural Community and Community Development says that actually the American Bulldog isn't on the restricted list because apparently they're, not, they're a new breed. Yeah, yeah, they are a new breed, and we, we, we've had them now in Athlone. And uh, the frightening thing with them is, too, the um, people that get them dogs, they do an operation on their ear. They kind of cut their ear into a V-shape and makes them even look fiercer. Yeah. Now, that's totally legal, but, but someone is doing it. You know, it must be a backstreet butcher, butcher-type operation. But, uh, but bull, bull breeds in general uh, are banned, you know, so that covers any new breed. So they are they are on the restricted list. Now they sh- they should be okay. The exact type of dog should be put on there, but bull breeds in general, uh, pit bull breeds, any mixed breeds of them are um, are on that list. You know, and that's that's the way we work, and the dog warden works. Uh, you know that way. You know. So you're saying, yeah, if if a dog warden were there, they would consider those new American bulldogs to be restricted, even if they're oh, not they specifically they listed would. by name on the restricted list. No, but they're, 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 yeah. the, the list is bull breed, you know, bulldog type breed. So that that does cover it. But I mean, at the same time, they should be specifically put on, you know, as well. You know? And just go back to that day then, because I, I, Seamus mentioned that there was another dog attacked shortly after uh, Dustin was attacked. Like, was there, were people were people still around and was there kind of upset when you arrived or what? Well, just t- was, tell me the, the scene that greeted you when you turned up. Well, people... People were scared. People were uh, really, really scared because they, they, they had seen what happened and they were just clearing the area, you know. Um, that You see, there's, that park serves the whole town there. There's a huge amount of apartments there. A lot of people have small, fluffy dogs, you know, apartment dogs, pugs, that type of thing, bichons, and they, they, they walk the dogs in the park because, they, you know, they, they have no garden to put them in. So there's dogs there every day, you know. And so you you could see fifty people walking the dog at any one time, you know. Most of them on leads, you know. So um, everyone was just taking the dog up and just getting out of there, you know. Yeah. Like you could see people crying, you know. Like it was really uh, there was a general fear there, you know. But it must have been like the way that Seamus described it. There, it it sounds like if you were in the vicinity, particularly if you had a child or anything in the vicinity of that, it would have been an extremely traumatic and terrifying uh, situation. Oh, yeah. Look, was a, the year before that, there was another park in Athlone. There was a woman there. She was she had her Bichon freeze dog, little white fluffy dog on the lead. And the next thing, one of them breeds came at her dog. And she managed to scoop the dog up in her arms. But that didn't stop the bulldog. He, he jumped up on her and was trying to pull the dog out of her hand. He actually managed to bit her and managed to tear uh, the dog up. up. Uh, but she managed to grab the dog again and run. And the bulldog out, running after no, that that dog needed about a hundred stitches, but it survived. You know, um, it's it's there's 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 a, there's a number of people in the town that have these dogs, and um, you know, I I don't, don't see any of them with muzzles on, and I don't see them on leads. You know, and they let them off in the park, and it's, it's extremely dangerous. You know, would you go along with Seamus? Like his the last thing he was saying there was that those breeds should not be allowed in public parks at all, particularly, you know, in places where you would be going and that families are invited to be with their children, basically? Well, it, it, that, that's a moot point. You know, I, I think it's, if they have muzzles on them, they can't do anything. Um, and they're on leads, but, um, you know, so 
I wouldn't go that far because some of them breeds are, are they're some of them breeds are lovely dogs, you know. It's it's really bad owners, you know, that teach them dogs to be, to misbehave like that, you know. Yeah, and you just know. I mean, if it, if an owner is willing to take a dog to be, as you say, have their ears butchered in the way just to make them look fiercer, you you that you know that that's that that's. You have to ask oh, questions then about that's why you want that dog. What 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 the idea behind having that dog is? Yeah, well, um, well, like this. Uh, now, and I should sorry, I should say just so nobody gets uh, somebody walks up to anybody on the street if they have a dog with that uh, having had that job done. Of course, in many cases, you could have a rescue dog, and that would have been the the, the dog could have been uh, yeah, had that we, done we, to them before you got yeah, them. Or, or yeah, because you know. we, I mean, we've taken in them breeds, and that's already been done. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but uh, so I said most of them dogs have a lovely temperament. Uh, yeah, that surprise you. It's just bad owners, you know. They 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 they, they do that. They they um they send them they send them dogs after cats, train them up, you know, to, to be killers, you know. And um, they're they're just bad people, you know. And they're but they're popular breeds now, though, aren't they? Those those bulldogs and pit pit They're very bulls. very expensive breeds. For I mean to get. To get an American bulldog with papers, you could you could spend up to two thousand euros, you know. Two thousand euros, wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's a big investment if you're if you're actually going for one of these dogs. Yeah, I see. There's a lot of there's a lot of dogs uh, like you know that should be uh, have muzzles on them with the restricted breed list, like German Shepherds, and uh, and I rarely ever see any restricted breed around the towns having muzzles, you know. You, you hardly but, ever see any dogs at all with muzzles, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you see, the problem is, uh, as, uh, as the Seamus said about the, there is no dog warden here in Athlone. Um, so, this, you know, people will disobey the law to get away with it. It's simple as that, you know. And is Athlone unusual in not having a dog warden? It's not. It's, um, I'd say it's, Probably just one dog warden per county. Um, it's it's West Meath is a very it's a very big uh, county from one end to the other, and it's, it's, it's impossible for one person. And you see, what happens is too. We often, as a charity, we're often asked by the dog warden service uh, to pick up a dog, you know, and bring it into the vets to be collected maybe at a at a later date. And uh, we do this uh, work, you know, free of charge. And um, and we're often going around the towns picking up dogs, stray dogs found, and bringing them to the vets uh, to, to, so that the, the dog wouldn't would pick them up. And um, I suppose without us, be, the situation would be even worse, you know. We, yeah, because you're kind of operating as a, a de facto job dog warden. Yeah. There, yeah, aren't you? It. Yeah. yeah, we are. And, um, it's, and uh, thankfully, one of the vets in town has, has a small kennel and it's if there's not a private dog in it, you'll hold it for the dog warden. But if not, we have to bring it basically out to our house and, and, and put the dog in our sheds, you know. And um, so we, we, we do a lot of that work, you know. Yeah, and it shouldn't be falling onto organisations like yourselves. You have a lot of other work to be doing, I'm sure. No, we're, we're kind of being nannies for all these dogs. But just, the thing is, 99% of the dogs we got have no ID. They have no microchip. We, we keep telling people, even put a collar with a phone number on it and we can more than likely reunite the dog with the owner rather than it going to uh, the dog pounds, you know. But it's, it's the law is not being obeyed. You know, there's so few dogs have licenses. 
and its license is to pay for the dog owner's wages and to keep the pound going, you know. Right, yeah. So all of these things, one of them leads to the other, leads to the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy, would you mind hanging on for me? I've got a, f- a couple of more people uh, calling in now who yeah. uh, have other experiences. I think if I can go, thanks, Billy. If I can go to yeah. Joe first. Joe, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Katie. How are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, you had an experience with another uh, bull terrier breed. Well, it was Staffordshire Bull, yeah, it was two of them, uh, and very similar to that gentleman. I'd like to sympathise with him very strongly. Quite a traumatic experience. Uh, they uh, encountered them without the owner. They'd escaped. It wasn't the owner's fault, just uh, an oversight. And um, they circled around my little dog. Was the, uh, uh, the, his name was Tiny, but a lovely character, about 12 years old, and... Um, I realised I'm in trouble. I bent down to put a lead on him and to catch him, but one of the dogs came then, shot at him, and I kind of jumped back. And uh, next thing, they had him by the throat, and I heard the crunch, and he was gone within 10, 15 seconds. Yeah, it's very, it's very traumatic. Very, oh, very. Joe. Uh, what kind of a dog was Tiny? Uh, he was a kind of a. Uh, he was a bit of a mongrel, but he would have been a bit of a a, uh, uh, a wesy. West Highland Terrier, who would have been a bit of that in me. He was quite neat. All the kids loved him in the place. You know, he was, he, you got great admiration from him when you took him into the into the village or anything. You know, kids loved him. But look, uh, it was, uh, I, I, I blame myself, like, you know, for not picking him up, actually. But I was interested to hear what would happen that uh, they do with the Bichon Freeze. You know, yeah, we know, exactly. Yeah, you could yeah I, I don't know if that would have happened, but I felt fierce guilty for a long time about it. I'd have to say that I, I, the local police were excellent because they um, uh, tracked down the owner and they, 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 the owner was, was responsible in fairness. He agreed to dogs being put down. The local police said they'd have to insist on it and he didn't contest it. So it was a, it was a, a good outcome like that. We didn't have to go to court and that. But, um, but I mean, I uh, just, it's a bad outcome yeah. though for that owner. I mean, as you say, in course, that case, yeah. in it that is, case, yeah. it was yeah. just an oversight and that can happen to anyone. You could, you should say that, that dogs can get out. Because, because he was taking the dogs for a walk yeah. and uh, I think he, he was called back into the house. His wife might have called him and uh, when he came out, he, the dogs were gone. He went one way, but the dogs had gone my way, uh, a different way. I, I do kind of... Uh, uh, tend to disagree with the idea that the owners, in this case, the owners, you know, quite responsible and just unfortunate. It was an oversight. I think the dogs are bred for fighting, and um, the the potential is is there. So they should be regulated quite strictly. And not, uh, I, I know there is regulation there, but unfortunately, I think also that regulation needs to be enforced in terms of um, of having uh, uh, muzzles muzzle, muzzle and, and that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but, but like, Joe, as, as as Billy was saying, there there's there's so few dog wardens to cover the whole country. Yeah, I I get that, and uh, but I I think uh, you know that maybe more than the dog wardens can keep an eye on. Certainly, the police in my situation were excellent. The guards are excellent. They'd compliment them, and uh, maybe they could be given the task of keeping an eye out because you see the dogs. From time to time, walking and uh, and no muscles on them, and I, I, I find it a bit um, like a, a shudder goes up my back when I see them. Now I, I have to walk away from them because I, uh, I, you know, fortunately they didn't attack me. I think they thought I was the dominant breed, hmm. uh, and I I kind of uh, the really difficult thing was trying to get them off the the body of the dog uh, so I could 
Oh, yeah. Take them away. And, and that took about five minutes, beating them with a, a big um, pole. And, yeah, it was very unpleasant. Look, it, it is what it is. It's happened. Uh, but I, I'd like to extend my sympathy to the gentleman. And, like, uh, I, I know how it feels. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, you could hear it there with Seamus. Seamus is very, yeah. very shook after that. Advice, was, yeah. Well, well, I felt it certainly for, for, for weeks afterwards. I, I felt that I'd been at fault, you know. Yeah, that's what I felt, that I could have, if only I had lifted him up instead of trying to put the lead on him. But that that happened, it happened in two or three seconds, you know. But, I mean, does what Billy said there now give you a little bit more comfort, actually, that maybe that's not, you know, that might have been quite a dangerous thing to do if the dogs were set on, on going after him? Yeah, I, I, I think they wouldn't have attacked me. I think they they decided, <laughs> I think they were a bit, you know, they were going for the easy make. Like you don't know with these things, yeah. But uh, look, yeah. it's, it's, I, I would think regulation is very important on them. I, I have no problem with owners having those dogs. I know they can be great uh, uh, pets and people like them. But if they're out in the public space, uh, they need to be muzzled. And if they're not muzzled, then the, the owner has to take the consequence uh, uh, of that. And I think it needs to be enforced. So that, that's just yeah, all I that, have to that's, say. Thank so you. much more. Yeah. The much like this story, you hear this story continuously, and it does happen that children of owners are attacked and killed, and it happens from time to time. But I think it, uh, the owners are always shocked and astonished that, that the animals who are so lovely would do that. So my feeling is that the animals are unpredictable, except insofar as they they are predictable that they're bred for fighting and they can turn, even if they are family pets and that. So I, I think there needs to be careful regulation of the owners themselves need to be aware that things can go wrong, uh, even within the family situation. But certainly outside in the public sphere, uh, it, there needs to be strict enforcement uh, of the regulations and they need to be properly regulated. OK, okay. Joe, jo, thank you very much for that. Thank I pre- you, appreciate thank that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, it was nice to, to revisit the thing and just, I'd like, I hope it brings some, uh, some, uh, uh, some progress. Yes, indeed. In, in, yeah, in and, and obviously okay. your regards to Seamus as well. Thank you for that, Joe. I do, I do very much so. And uh, Seamus, I know what you're going through. And uh, look, uh, uh, I'm very sorry to hear it happened. OK, thanks, Joe. Kate, Kate, good afternoon. Hi, Katie. Thank you very much. Um, I've had lots of experience with dogs. I've had them for 20 or 30 years, but I don't have them anymore. But in the housing estate where I am, there are three, I call three large dogs between the size of a Great Dane and an Alsatian. There are three of those who were left out sometimes and sometimes not, so you don't know when you're going to meet them. And they run around in a pack. So they ran up to my garden a few times and I couldn't get out my front door. And when I shooed them away, they just stood and howled at me. Now, they're quite formidable and people will look and see if they're around. They get out of the house, apparently. And I have asked the dog warden to call. For months and months, he has called, checked that they have microchips and licenses and all of that. He said was okay. So then the next thing is I ran the guards to see if they could do anything and they could several times. Yeah, so you're saying, sorry, that the... The dog warden once they had microchips and they were they were there was a license for them. Yeah, that w- that was as much as he could do. Is it to check yes. that? Yes, that's what he said each time. Yeah, and okay. um, I know for County Cork there is only one dog warden, and I think that's all there ever was. And he has a horrendous job, you know, of trying to deal with the vicious dogs first. 
But, I mean, any dog is vicious, like Joe said. It can turn immediately, depending on the circumstances. And these dogs are three in a pack. Like, loads of people will not go outside their front door when they're out. And nobody sees that. And these people are afraid to complain as well. When I said it to the guards, they said, well, is it on the list of dogs? And I said, no. It's a, they're called Weimariners, like from the German Weimar Republic. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful dogs, um, chocolate-coloured sort of coat, and very fast and hunters. They're, first of all, I mean, leaving them out of the house accidentally in a small house with three of those, that's quite an event as well. Mm-hmm. And people are just scared, and they won't. Nothing they said can be done about it. And the only thing that can be done about it, is like other people are saying, is when something awful happens. You know, and Tim, is uh, there children? Would there be children in uh, on that green around your estate? Oh yeah, they're up and around. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They're all old people. One lady had a little dog, one of these little poodle mixes, you know, and she had to lift him up in her hands, and she was quite frightened one day, and they came over and sniffed at the three of them, and I said, "Well, my legs went jelly anyway." from seeing them, you know. And, and um, I mean, uh, this, I suppose we should say if they're not on the restricted breeds list, no, is it because not. that they're not bred for, you know, that, that they're they're not considered dangerous dogs then? I, I'm not, just not familiar with that very, breed. Yeah. Well, the list is very limited. I mean, there mm. might be a dozen or 15 dogs on it and they're, they're all the, the, the more dangerous, so-called dangerous breeds. Do you know what? I, I have the list here in front of me, actually. I was handed the list. It's, uh, yeah. I'll just, there's the American Pit Bull Terrier is on it, English Bull yeah. Terrier, Staffordshire Bull Terrier, that's the one that Joe was talking about there, and the Bull Mastiff, Doberman Pinscher, Rottweiler, Rottweiler uh, German Shepherd, Rhodesian Ridgeback, a Japanese Akita, Japanese Tosa, and then crossbreeds of the above. So yeah. that's the list, that's the full list. Yeah, and well, these dogs are not any of those, and a lot of dogs, even a Jack Russell could bite the legs off you, and I've been bitten by a Jack Russell a couple of times, you know. And I know someone as well who was bitten by them. So every dog has the potential to do something like that. So if, if that dog, know. but I suppose the point with the dog warden is he was doing his job because yes. they're not on the restricted list. He can't do yes. anything about them. being. They don't have to have uh, a muzzle uh, on them when they're when they're no. out and about. So so but, just to be yeah. clear, that, that, that they're basically kind of hamstrung in terms of what they can do. Yes, but they're out of control but they're still out of control. And I think that's another issue, a legal issue of some sort. I know, I can't quote the legislation. I don't remember it. But I know that they're not supposed to be out of control. As in off a lead and and without uh, supervision, yeah. Yes, and that's it. And these dogs apparently get out of the house. Now, the window is left open, so it's quite easy. They're at the window a lot, Mm -hmm. trying to get out. And they're bigger than an annotation. They're quite a huge dog. And when you have three of these on the footpath, stopping you walking and you're going about your business. Yeah, I, I, there'd be a lot of people would know would have that sense of fear now with big oh, dogs yeah. like that, without an owner, without, without them being on the lead. Even yeah. small dogs, as you say, can, can be yeah. can be frightening to, 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 some, to yeah. some people, especially if there's children involved. Yeah, and I think like something awful will happen and then they, they might do something that'll take years and years to do it. And I feel, why don't you just tighten up the laws now? Because I remember asking someone in the council, did they ever do anything about cats? And he laughed and he said, sure, we can't even mind the dogs. You know, like cats that are feral and spreading 
disease amongst themselves and so on, you know. They're quite, it's quite common around West Cork and, you know, and this time of year in particular after being been reading. Mm-hmm. So they're their own enemy with diseases if they're not uh, um, vaccinated and all that. Yeah. And uh, I suppose... You know, the dogs are a huge issue as well. A lot of people are frightened of them, especially when there are three together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, Kate, I'll let you go. I have to take a break, but thank you for that because we've got a lot of calls coming in, but I know a lot of people will will feel for you in that situation. There should be no situation where you'd be afraid to go outside your own front door because of dogs. Uh, Kate, thanks for that. We'll take that break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And I want to go to Deirdre now. Deirdre, good afternoon. Hello, uh, Katie. How, how are things with you? No bother. Yeah, years ago, Katie, I was, I was out the road and I got a bad bite of a dog in Kells in County Mead. I was out for a walk and there was a Labrador dog and he, he just he, he, he went for me and he, he, he grabbed me, he grabbed me on, the, on the arm and he put me in a lock. And I was there trying to get him off me, and I managed with the other hand to get him and pull and to pull his tail to get him off. Now he gave me an awful do, and I ended up in a ladies' hospital in Navan. I had to have surgery on the arm, and, and then I had to have something done in James's in Dublin. And was the dog on its own? Was the dog on a lead? What was the situation with? It wasn't the... on. A, no, it was. It, no, he was out running. I was. I was out the road for a walk. Mm-hmm. That's years ago. Yeah, and I, he he came. He, I was out on Castle Road, and the next thing the dog come, the, the dog come up up, and then he come over. I had a bag in my hand. I don't know what I had in the bag. He must have been snooping at the bag, mm-hmm. and then he just, he, I just left the bag. I don't forget what I had in the bag. Anyway, but he grabbed, he grabbed the bag. Anyway, but then he he, he grabbed me arm, mm-hmm. and just he just and he, he locked on, yeah, yeah. He locked, he 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 actually locked me, you know, my arm, you know, and I, I couldn't, and I grabbed, I. I I grabbed grabbed his tail and I just tried to get him off me and eventually eventually I got I got him off me and I was I was in an like in an awful way like I was just out a bit the road and I turned back then to to come in and, and then I had to yeah well you, you so you were saying you ended up in in Our Lady's Hospital what I ended of... up at Our Lady's Hospital in Navan and County Mead I had to have an op- I had to have surgery on it on me arm that's a good few that's a good few years ago. And, and what, only for that hospital in Avon, I don't know what I'd have done. If I had to go to the road, I wouldn't, I don't think, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to make it, you know. Was it, was it great, like bleeding great. or like, was it, you must have been in a bad way, were you, Deirdre? Oh, I was, oh, I was, I was, Katie, like I was, oh, I was in a, I was in a bad, I was in a bad way, so they had to operate on, on me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole, uh, the whole arm were all swelled up and all that. So I was in Avon Hospital for, I was in it for about a week. I was put on a drip and... And the consultant said, God, he said, he says, oh, my God, I've never seen nothing like the bite. He said, you got, you know, and if I was a diabetic, I was in serious trouble because I would have lost the arm. And I wouldn't t- have healed at all, you know. And tell me, are you, is it, is your arm OK now? Did it recover? Oh, oh yeah, my arm is OK. I, I only have a, I only have a mark on it, a scar on it, mm-hmm. but I don't mind that. No, I've no problem with it now. You know what I mean? I was attending the hospital for years, like it did give me an awful lot a trouble like I had to go in and out uh, it got infected and I had to go in and have more surgery on it and that but other than that now I'm, I'm 
I'm I'm grand, you know, but only for that hospital in Navan. It's a great, great hospital in Navan. We need to keep it open. It's a brilliant hospital, Our Lady's Hospital that's, in Navan. That's it another, saved that's my a, life anyway. That's another day's work, Deirdre. Uh, that's Navin another day's hospital. work. Uh, Liz, and the Labrador, what happened to the dog? I don't actually know what happened to him. He went, he went, I, he went off like I couldn't get... And you see, then I went into the hospital then. You see, I never... They said to me, you have to report that to the guards. So I went up to the guard station when I came out of the hospital. Now, the guards were very nice about it. You know, yeah. uh, the guard, Kells guards, the staff, so everyone knows me. I'm, a, I'm well known. They call me the Lord Mayor of Kells. I'm well known in Kells. Right. So yeah, I'm going into the hospital to have it, my hip done now in a couple of weeks myself to Navin. Right. Well, they'll be delighted to see you after you've given them the big plug now, uh, oh, Deirdre. Oh, David, we have to keep it open, Katie. <laughs> right. I was even on the television the whole lot. It's okay. a great... And you were doing an excellent job, eh, Katie? You always were. Okay, you're, Deirdre. You're, you're doing great work up there. Joe Duffy as well. And I'd like to wish you all a happy Christmas, an early happy Christmas. Okay, that's the first one of those for me this year, Deirdre. Thanks for that. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Take care. Yeah, bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, can I bring in Anthony now? Anthony, good afternoon. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. Now, you had a bad dose. You had a bad experience with a dog. I had I had a horrendous experience. I was walking in, in a park in Cork, and um, I was walking my dog. My other dog had just recently died, so um, he was. she was 16. And this guy, we was just walking along the, the pathway, and I spotted two dogs um, roaming freely, and within five seconds, they had come about 30 yards. And one of them pinned my dog down, and the other came running over as well. And they were doing a bit of damage to my dog. Um, so what I did is I tried to save my dog. And in, in doing so, um, one of the dogs, which was um, a kind of a bull terrier thing, he bit, he bit my finger clean off. So oh it was God. quite traumatic at that stage, you know. So you, so just sorry, I, I wasn't expecting uh, that line, uh, Anthony. You, so yeah. you, you, what, I'm trying to imagine the scenario. So that you, what, what, what was your dog again? What breed of a dog did were you? Oh, he was he was a Japanese Shiba Inu. Oh, they're very, small enough. Very, very placid dog. Yeah. Very placid. Okay, so you were trying to save your dog, and you put your you were pu- trying to pull your dog away, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and this uh, bull terrier dog—is it an American bull terrier. bull terrier like the ones we were it talking was, about? It, was, it, it could have been a crossbreed, but it was definitely a bull type terrier dog. Right. It was like the guy earlier from Atlanta described the type of dog, so it was very much like him, you know. And did he he grabbed your hand? Like did it? Did it? No, no, no. He no. just he just one bite and. Um, I felt the finger, I felt it being bitten off straight away. I knew oh. straight away he pisses. So I looked up, <clears throat> excuse me, in the light and I could see that the finger was gone so at the top, you know. So the top of your, of your finger, gone. Yeah. So. And what did, like, what did you do then? What, what could you do? Well, the, the, the owners, uh, they were young people. Um, I called out to them and they came over and they pulled the dogs away and, um, I asked them to get an ambulance for me because I was in an awful state, you know. And in fairness, I got one. One of them picked up the top of the finger, so I said, "Listen, we need to get over to the garage. There's a garage nearby, and get, you know, put it in ice or whatever." And um, and 
it just happened that an ambulance came along, and so from there on, I went, I went to the hospital in the ambulance. The ambulance wasn't coming for me. There was no ambulance available that night, so um, I was just very lucky. There just happened to be a passing ambulance. Yeah, they were going for their coffee in the garage. Wow. Okay. And they so. asked them to take me to the hospital. So. And fair play, um, they did. It is, it is, yeah. And about the finger, were they able to save it? No, no, there was no, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of the finger, so there wasn't much point, you know. Right. It was just below the nail. So um, there was, I did had surgery the next day to um, patch it up, you know. Uh, What is it your, is it on your right hand, the hand you use? It's my right hand, yeah. And you're right-handed, are you? And you are right-handed as well? Oh, I am, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you miss it? Like, do you, does it I bother do. you? I do because I need it for my work, and um, I, I I always need my fingers for my job. You know, so I specialize in back pain, so I always have to use um, my fingers. You know, so so it, it's it's, it's quite traumatic. It, 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 the, the finger, there's no obviously no feeling anymore there. You know, so. I miss my finger eyes. But I was just going to say something that every single day when you look at your hand, you're reminded of that, what happened. Yeah, well, I'm still getting a lot of pain with it, strangely enough, but it's completely numb and it's always very cold. So I think with time that will get better, you know. And in terms of thinking about the the, the event itself, because I could see that like Seamus and also Joe actually talking about the, the time when yeah. their, their dogs were attacked. Uh, uh, clearly very, very traumatic to, to get over the, that. Yeah, I think um, the, the following few weeks after having the surgery, I, I, was, I, I felt very traumatised, both psychologically and physically, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very horrendous experience. But um, my dog lived, um, but sadly he's, um, he'll have to be put to sleep in the next day or two, you know. Oh, so, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that now. After surviving that, he's 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 lived a long life, has he? He's had he's had a long good life. Yeah, he's a good dog, very oh. good dog. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to, to, that you're going to have to be saying goodbye to him, Anthony, and I'm sorry that to hear about your your event. And what do you know? What happened to those dogs afterwards? Were, were, was there well? I'm not really sure, really, what happened, but um, um, you know, these okay. these things happen, and you know. It, the problem with it, with it is is that it's happening all the time, yeah. because the stories I've just heard um, have been horrendous. Really, I, I, I'm surprised to hear that there's so many people have had the same type of experience. You know. Yeah. Well, look, uh, keep listening, Anthony, because we've got more and more. We've got an enormous number of calls coming through. I'm told in relation to this, and I have a few more here in front of me. So I'll let you go, Anthony. Yeah. Th- many thanks for that. Thank you very much indeed. And take Thanks. care. Thank you. Thank you indeed. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Uh, I'll go to... Oh, I'll, do, I'll take a break now. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And I want to bring in Helen now. Helen, good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You had your own experience, yeah. I did, yeah. Um, um, My dog was just outside my house and a pit bull came along, um, off lead, no muzzle. And my dog didn't even have a chance to run. And the dog latched on to her hind leg and wouldn't let go. 
because that's what they do. They latch on. Mm-hmm. Um, this man came along. Now, I was hysterical, <laughs> needless to say. Uh, where were you? At the, um, were you inside, beside your dog? or where I were was you? actually at my gate and there's a green across the road from me. Mm-hmm. And she was literally lying at the curb because um, she likes to sleep in the sun. And that's what she was doing. She wasn't even jumping around, nothing. Um, and the dog came out of nowhere. No uh, collar, no lead, no muzzle. And just... And latched completely onto it. Uh, what um, kind of a dog is your dog, Helen? My dog would be like a sighthound. She'd be uh, a saluki sort of lurcher. A lurcher, Of, of yeah. that breed, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. So, okay, so you're standing at your gate, you're watching this unfold in front of you. Unfold, yeah. Hysterical. Because I knew once I saw the dog coming, we were in trouble. And um, all my neighbours came out in fairness. Um, this man came along and I was actually um, out doing a bit of gardening. And he came along from nowhere. And he actually rescued my dog from, from that dog. Um, How did he manage that? Um, well... Apparently the trick is with with um, those breeds, if you can hold up the hind legs, they lose the power of digging in from, from the hind quarters. Um, so somebody lifted the legs up and he sort of hit the dog on the head to to release the grip. And mm-hmm. that's what, what happened. He actually used one of my gardening tools, to be honest. The dog was fine afterwards. There was nothing wrong with the dog. Um, How long did all this take, dog, Helen? It sounds like it took a while to play out. It, uh, do you know what? Um, it could have been a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Definitely five, five, seven minutes. But the dog was just on the hind, hind, my dog's hind leg, ripping at it. And... Um, because of the length of my dog, she she was trying to turn around and, and release. She was hysterical. Um, everybody around was just, some people were frozen. Other people, like my neighbours are really upset due to the fact that everybody knows my dog. She's now gentle, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and this man released the grip from, from um, my own dog. Mm-hmm. Now, the guards were called. My neighbours called the guards and the guards came along and they took details because the two people that had the dog out and um, the man that released the dog, <laughs> they don't want to be giving any names or whatever, um, he he told them to stay where they were. They put the dog back on the lead and the guards took the details. Um, a couple of days now, unfortunately, what my dog did was she she had been lying there and then the next thing she jumped up and you know the expression fight or flight mm-hmm. and she took off up the roads everybody was panicking it, it, like in hindsight it was a bit funny because everybody started running after her it was a bit like catch the pigeon and she just flew away nobody knew where she went and um, and then she came back into another estate because people went out looking for her and she's lying there and her hind leg is actually hanging off her. And um, I 
insisted on the guards coming back up a couple of days later and I said, did you inform the dog ordinance? And I was told no, that it was a civil matter and that I was to look after it myself. And I said, but it's a restrictive breed. Um, and they said, I know, but it's, 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 it's a civil matter. You have to deal with it. And I said, well, that's all well and good. I said, my dog was a dog. And I've dealt with dogs all my life. I've had dogs all my life. I've been involved with dog clubs. And I said, the thing about it is, children could have been on that green. And the first thing the children would do is scream if they saw a dog run towards them and then run. And dogs think that's play. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a completely different scenario. I mean, I'm very surprised, I have to say, the idea that it would be, you'd be told that it was a civil matter. Because as you say, it was, you're talking about, you're sure it was a pit bull. Uh, and we know that that for oh, sure yes. is oh, a restricted breed. Yes. And we know that there's, yes. there, there's uh, you know, legislation around all of that and, and, and regulations all around how those animals should be. And certainly yeah, off a well, lead without a muzzle is not the way a pit bull should be. No, absolutely not. Now, I actually said to the guard that I knew they had an emergency number for um, the dog wardens. I said, did you not ring them? And... He sort of hummed and I said, but I know for a fact you have an emergency number and that they had told the neighbours when I was taken off to collect Penny and bring her, oh, I mentioned it, up to um, the vets that they were going to get in contact with them, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it didn't happen. Would you, would you not have rung the dog warden yourself? I actually tried to get in contact with them and I was told that, um, now this is the other thing, okay, and this is something that you're not going to believe. Um, First of all, I was to send in an email of the incident and then I was told that unless they saw the dog, um, unless it's out of lead, there's nothing they can do, that they can't go to the house. So they have to catch it in the act, basically, of of being yeah. not under control. Now, it's irrelevant that there was witnesses. It was irrelevant that there was details taken. Um, and to be honest, it was a long road for, for my dog. Um, is she all right now? It was dressing. She is, like that was last year. Uh-huh. But for the first few weeks, there was, um, they were talking about that maybe they'd have to amputate the leg. Now, listen, it wouldn't have bothered me if it was an amputation. But there's those flashbacks that if she got up, it could have been the juggler. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I do have those flashbacks. And the dog is still around. The pit bull is still around? It is, yeah. Right. Yeah, but and uh, on a lead, is, on a okay. lead, um, it has slipped out of the collar on a couple of occasions since, but it's had the muzzle on. Right. Okay, um, I'm, 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 know, I'm sorry, Helen. I just I have so I'm, many I'm, other calls here. I need to. I need to. I know you do. Yeah, yeah, to try and get in I've a few more. Up, but, but no, no, I know, I know. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you calling. Of course. Uh, 
Um, but I am surprised. I think people will be surprised that uh, yeah. you were being told, A, that it's a civil matter and, and also that the, the dog warden actually has to witness a, a dog yeah. being off lead for it to be able to do anything. Yeah. OK, well, look, we'll put that out there. We'll see if anybody else has had that experience or been told that, Helen, because uh, this is obviously a very serious, a very serious issue for so many people. And things, I mean, as you say, it's your, it was it was your dog and your beloved dog in your case. But I mean, if you had a small child there, what? how would people respond yeah. if that were, if it was a, a child who was the victim of that? OK, Helen, thank you so yeah, much. Absolutely. Thank you. Not at all. Take care. Bye bye. I'm going to go to Adam now. Adam, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, you, oh, you, you are in the owner, the owner of the, the dogs that we spoke about at the very start. Yeah. Okay. This is the this is the um, the two American bull. They're American bulldogs. Am I right in that? Yeah. And they attacked uh, Seamus's uh, collie cross, Dustin. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago. So. Can you just talk, talk talk me through from your side of it what happened? And um, I was sitting at home and I, I have three small children and uh, I seen a post up on Facebook saying there was two dogs out. So immediately I went looked on the post and it seemed that they were my dogs. So I went to the point where they were but I couldn't find them and the guard came out to me and asked me was I missing two dogs? And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, don't worry, you didn't bite anybody. It's just they attacked another man's dog. And I explained to the guard that one of them isn't dog-friendly whatsoever. And I grabbed them as soon as possible as I found them. And then I found them. And then later on that evening, the guards came and told me I, I had to hand over the dogs. So I did, voluntarily. And then on Wednesday... My dog so, Sorry, Adam. If, if you want to, if you can just be careful about talking into the phone. There, you're kind of going a little fade, fading out on me. So you're saying on Wednesday, what happened? I had to go to court. I wanted to fight for my dogs, you know, mm-hmm. to keep them alive. But unfortunately, the court decided with the guardie that they were deemed dangerous, so they had to be put down. Can I? Can I just ask you where? Where were you keeping the dogs? I have the dogs out in my backyard. I had the dog chained up because she continues to scot out and I had this with the dog warden, you know. Mm-hmm. We tried to figure out the problem, but she got off the chain and got out of the backyard. I haven't a clue how she got out, but unfortunately she did. Uh, but you had two dogs, did you? Uh, yeah, and two how dogs, did, yeah. So you had just one of them chained? Yeah, it's the one that keeps getting out, you know, and the other one just follows her, you know, it's a puppy. All right, okay. So uh, you had no idea those dogs were on the loose when you heard that there was there something, no, something I didn't that was know. up, yeah? No, I didn't have a clue. And but when I figured it out, there were my dogs, I went straight to the park where they were and got them immediately. Now, we heard, of course, not just from, um, not just from uh, Seamus, but that those dogs were... In and out of hairdressers, in and out of uh, right going right around the park. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but they're not. They're they are not a danger to people. They just one of them just didn't like doesn't like other dogs. Does not get on with other dogs. 
Did you hear Seamus earlier, Adam? I did. I did. I did. I mean, it was a very vicious, vicious incident, very vicious attack on his on a dog that he dearly loved. But I mean, I, I think anyone I would hear that and, and worry about having that dog around around anyone. I have I have three small children. There's videos of the dog in shops that I was in, not bothering anybody, scared of people, you know, lying down on the ground, waiting for people to touch it. You know, I look, I can understand it. It's unfortunate for a shame as a dog. You know? Well, but it's more, more than unfortunate. Yeah, more than unfortunate, Adam. I mean, Yeah, of course, yeah. He lost his pet. Yeah. But look, I lost two animals as well. I lost my two dogs as well that I loved, you know? Would you not... And when you, the children were heartbroken over the dogs getting put down. Did you talk to Seamus after all of this? I tried to apologise to Seamus in the courtroom. And I'd like to apologise again on air to him. I'm sorry about your dog. It was unfortunate my dogs bumped into his dog. And look, I'm deeply sorry. But yeah. I don't think the man is accepting it. You you say you have three small kids, Adam. Would you not be a bit nervous? Would you not have been a bit nervous having heard of the savagery of that attack? That, you know, the dogs might be unpredictable and, and, and would you not be a little bit nervous of having small children around them? I was not one bit nervous of them dogs around anybody, children or not. Look, this... I, I can control them dogs. You know, I'm their master. They do anything I say. And the minute I seen them dogs down there, they come straight to me, you know? They just... I don't know, to be honest. I, I can't understand why they were deemed dangerous. It's not... They didn't harm anybody. They harmed another animal. You know what I mean? But you do, you do, you're not shocked that, at what had happened, that they, that they did what they did to that dog, to, just, to Justin? I was shocked, yeah. I was shocked. But how can you deem the dog dangerous if he didn't bite anybody? But he he s- savaged another dog, another person's pet, to death. I know that, but he didn't. Sav- they didn't savage the human being. It's always brought in our children. This or they could have bitten somebody, you know. But he didn't. That's the point. They did not bite anybody. They attacked another dog. That's what. Like unfortunately. Dogs fight with each other, and unfortunately, ah. my dog killed shameless dogs. Adam, you know? th- there's a difference between dogs fighting with each other and a dog savagely tearing a dog apart the way that your dogs did to Seamus's dog. I think I think anyone would 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 hear about that incident and and worry about the temperament of a dog that would do that. I understand that, but the dogs have good temperament. It's just the one dog that doesn't like other dogs, you know. But even at that, if that, even if your dog, you're, 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 even if you could be absolutely one hundred percent sure that the dog was safe around children or, or, or humans, you 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 can't have a situation where your dog could could that could happen. And the next day he sees a dog he doesn't like. You know, sh- surely that's you understand that that is a massive problem. Sorry, Adam, are you are you talking into the phone, Adam? Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking into the phone, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I didn't catch the last, the, the your response there. The I said, unfortunately, I wasn't there with the dogs who control my dogs, and that happened. 
to shame Mrs. Dog. But if I was there, that would have never happened because I'd have the dogs on the lead, you know? I wouldn't let the dogs off and I wouldn't bring the dogs to a busy park where there's other animals. Okay. Okay. You know? Okay, Adam, listen, I thank you for calling in. We do appreciate it. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and as I say, you did apologise to Seamus there on air again. Um, but we'll have to leave that one there. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Fergal Harrington, CEO of Intro Dating. Good afternoon. Uh, Fergal, in June of this year, your company, Intro Dating, was mentioned on this programme during a discussion around online dating and dating agencies. And you'd like to be able to clarify a few points about your business and how it works. So maybe we just start from the beginning. Tell us a bit about the background of Intro Dating. Very good. So myself and Rena set Intro up there 12 years ago. Uh, I suppose we were listening to an awful lot of friends and colleagues and family members complaining about how difficult it was to meet genuine people for long-term relationships. And we thought, let's just do this. I mean, in Ireland, we're quite conscious of people knowing our business. We're very, very big on privacy and confidentiality. So we said, let's become, you know, the next big matchmaking agency, dating agency for people who are looking for long-term committed relationships and, um, you know, to avoid the messing and the drama that can a lot of the time take place online. So we set intro up and um, we left our jobs and uh, we set this up and a lot of people thought we were embarking on a crazy journey, but uh, 12 years on, it's proven to be successful. So now we have thousands of members on the books between the ages of 20 and 93 and everything in between. And everyone's either single, separated, divorced or widowed, but looking for, you know, committed, serious relationships. So we have a team of of staff here working on Grafton Street, but we cater for the entire country, uh, all 32 counties. And uh, we organize about 100 dates every single week uh, all over the country. Uh, How does it work? What happens when I get in contact with yourselves? So we have a chat, an initial sort of triage or chat to make sure that we know that we're on the same page, that we know that we can manage expectations and meet expectations. Um, So we would have that chat for 20, 25 minutes on the phone. Uh, We'd explain how the whole service works just to make sure that we're all singing off the same hymn sheet. And if we do feel that we can meet expectations, we would go ahead and organize the the consultation, which would either be in-house in the office on Grafton Street uh, or a virtual um, appointment. And in that time, we get all the information in terms of the person's hobbies, interests, characteristics, core values, family values, future goals, looks. Um, once that's all done, we add that profile to our database. We have a totally private database CRM system that helps uh, us shortlist you to maybe your top three or four matches. But that's when the entire team of matchmakers discuss the reasons why we feel X is right for Y. And we look at all that fundamental criteria. What we also do, though, in the initial... Uh, conversation to decide if we can offer the person a membership or not is we explain the policies that we have in place and the policies are based on stats from CSO figures and census results and the three biggest sort of issues and stumbling blocks that we put in our way here in this country seem to be travel or an unwillingness to travel so an awful lot of people will call us and they'll say things like I live in Tralee do you have people in Tralee and we say Yes, but it doesn't mean the people of Tralee are right for you. Um, or someone will call and say, I live in Ranala and I want all my matches living in Dublin 6. So the, the thing about that is an awful lot of people shoot themselves in the foot by not being willing to cast the net wide enough. But will you, take, some, remind yeah, will you take somebody on, Fergal, if, 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 if they say, look, I, I only want somebody. I'm in Tralee. I only want people in Tralee. No, we wouldn't take them on. 
it's, it's madness. It wouldn't be fair to them. The point about it is there's twice as many women living in urban areas than men, Katie, because women spend longer in third-level education, and that's why there's double the number of women in urban areas. And there's more men living in rural parts. So if, if Mary isn't willing to leave the urban area of the city, if the guy isn't willing to... to, to make the effort of travelling a few minutes down the road to meet the right person, well then they're not giving themselves the best chance of success and we would be doing a disservice to that person by pretending that it's going to be okay that they'll just be matched to someone living down the road. I mean, we have to re I suppose assure people that we're here to match them with the best possible person, not just the handiest or the most conveniently located person, because we're not selling houses. Um, The other main issue uh, that we tend to find is that people will have age expectations that are quite unrealistic and every single day we'll get guys who will ring up and say I'm 65 and I think it's now time I started a family so I'd like to meet a 35 year old please so again it, Is it that, nearly always that Fergal? Is it the men looking for the younger women or, or would you get many women looking for much younger men? It's both, it is both, we'll get women who will say I'm 55 but I feel I look 45 so therefore I'd like to meet a 45 year old man and the answer there is well 45 year old men ring up looking for 25 year old women so you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place if you you know you can't say yes everyone needs to meet in the middle everyone there needs to be that degree of compromise and flexibility on everyone's part otherwise it would just be a complete free-for-all and that's why people when they're joining dating agencies they need to know that it's not just about what I want. I have to fit in to what the other person is looking for as well. So managing expectations and dealing with people who are rational and reasonable and grounded is the only way to have a success. And that's why I suppose we are so strict about who we who we take on. But, but can, um, can, you know, can, yeah. uh, can I just ask you, though, Fergal? I mean, obviously, you, you charge for the service. Um, you're a business. Uh, why, like, why would I? Why wouldn't I chance my, my take my chances on Tinder, which obviously is free? Like, what, what's the advantage of, of going to something, uh, a business like yourselves? Yeah, so online dating sites and dating apps, um, they lead to, at times, a huge amount of, you know, confidence-shattering sort of situations. An awful lot of the time, people will ring us every single day and say, I'm after having a terrible experience dealing with somebody online, or they tried to scam me, or they tried to do this, or they tried to do that, or they pretended that they were single when, in fact, I found out they were married. People come here because they want a reassurance that they know that people have been vetted and verified. I mean, we, we verify everyone's identity, you know, before we even have the appointment. We can verify that the name matches the address and the address matches the car details. We meet everyone face to face. So people are who they actually say they are. We check passports or driver's licenses. So online dating, you, you know, you've been around, you can see that there's been an awful lot of issues associated with online dating. And I'm not here to rubbish uh, online dating or, or to put it down in any way, shape or form. And it can work for an awful lot of people. But what it does do is, is ruin people's chances because they're, you know, well-intentioned Mary might go online onto Tinder and then come up against a huge amount of guys who are just not looking for the same outcome as she is, or they're just looking for one-night stands, and she's there looking for a long-term committed relationship. And so it can be soul-destroying for, you know, nice, genuine people who are looking for something committed when all they're meeting are people who are not very well-intentioned, okay. which is why every single person who's joining intro matchmaking has to say, you know, I'm here, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that, I'm looking for a committed relationship, and I want to know that this person is also looking for the same outcome as me. Okay, and what is your success rate then? So one in four ends in uh, marriage or, or long-term relationships or whatever you deem success to be. I mean, remember, we have members from 20 up to 93, and some people are 
single, separated, divorced or widowed. Not everyone wants to have to get married or anything again. And a lot of the time, people who are second time around would be looking for that companionship. They're looking for someone that they can call upon and, you know, meet up and go to a show and go to a wedding or go away for a weekend, but they, they want to retain their own independence. So it's the privacy side of thing that's enormous in here. And I suppose the, the pandemic has been huge um, in terms of the industry itself. Pre-pandemic, 80% of people used to meet in college, in work or socially, Katie, and post, obviously with you know, the remote working, the e-learning, and then the socializing aspect has completely changed. So the way people are dating has changed forever. Um, but the positives that have come from it uh, is that we're seeing more and more men become more proactive than ever before. People took the time over that two and a half years to actually decide, you know what, I'm going to prioritize relationships above everything else. In the past, I've been running around, I've been working like crazy, and now I'm going to actually prioritize company and relationships and people. And that's why, you know, our business saw, you know, huge, you know, um, uptake in, in, in terms of the service because people just realized that I'm going to actually now do this. I'm not going to put it on the long finger anymore. I mean, we were on the Late Late Show about over 10 years ago at this stage. And when we did that show, God, we still have people ringing up saying, I saw you guys on that with Ryan. And uh, I've been thinking about it ever since. So we, we, we are a nation of procrastinators, it has to be said, um, but the pandemic really made people take stock and focus their attention on prioritising relationships, which is what we're seeing massively. OK, OK, uh, we leave that one there then. Uh, Fergal Harrington, many thanks for that. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And that's it for today. The broadcast coordinator was Stephen Higgins. Kieran Cullen was on sound. Lisa Marie Berry is the series producer and she produced today. Stand by now for Ray. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.